कथाजीवनम कविभीत कलमशापहम So the master with the Brahmo devotees. So we will continue from the section where we ended in the last class. So Sri Ramakrishna is saying a very funny thing that he is recollecting that once a man said to me, "Sir, can you teach me quickly the thing you call samadhi?" All laugh. So now that is the last step. There's the last step in our spiritual evolution, the samadhi. So as someone is saying that, can you teach me quickly the thing you call samadhi? So there is no such quick fix in spiritual life. As Sri Swami Vivekananda used to say, that for our spiritual journey, three P are required. Purity, patience, perseverance. In yoga, there's an idea of ashta marga the eight paths, the eight steps. It starts with Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana and then last comes Samadhi. And so here someone is asking, can you teach me quickly the thing you call Samadhi? You have to go through this assiduous spiritual journey with perseverance, with patience. All the initial stages speaks of the preliminary preparations, the yama, the niyama, the asana, the pranayama. The second sutra of the yoga sutra, which defines yoga, the chitta vritti nirodha. After these preliminary practices, the real practice of chitta vritti nirodha, the cessation of the mental modulations, that comes from the fifth step the pratyahara, once you have gone through all those preliminary preparations, your foundation has been strong and then you go to that practice of uh, pratyahara, dharana, and then comes dhyana and then comes samadhi. So what all this speaks of the pratyahara, in the Yoga Sutra they speak of the three states of mind, sarvarthata, Ekagrata Nirodha that how to go to that state of cessation of all the mental modulations. First you have to consider the mind at present that speaks of Sarvarthata. It has so many different uh, goals in life, so many distractions. It's always jumping from thought to thought. By gradual practice, we have to make it ekagra, one thought. And then, then only, when all the thoughts have been removed by the thought of your spiritual practice, it may be uh, the ishtavritti, it may be the brahmakara vritti, whatever it may be, that one vritti, that one modulation has become predominant in your mind. Then you can think of getting rid of that also, so that the mind all the modulations ceases and then it can take you to the state of Samadhi. So it speaks of assiduous practice through patience, through perseverance. There cannot be any quick fix remedy in spiritual journey. Well, that's from the yoga standpoint of view. But in Vedanta, they do say that spiritual realizations can be just in a flash. That they say, very interesting thing, 
that the cause of our bondage is ignorance and what is something which can remove the ignorance is knowledge the moment you have knowledge of your real self immediately the ignorance vanishes as sri ramakrishna used to say has said in the gospel in some other place that when suppose a room was dark for thousands of years no light entered in that room now when you enter the room and light a matchstick will it take another thousand years to get lighted gradually no the moment you bring the light the light which contradicts the darkness which is opposite to the darkness immediately that though it was dark for thousands of years but it a single flash immediately lights the room so similarly how long we are in ignorance that doesn't matter the moment the knowledge dawns in immediately in a flash the realization comes if you read the life of shankaracharya he is one of his disciple the padmapada you will find that the wonderful when shankaracharya is just speaking of the absolute truth immediately the revelation happens in the scriptures they say they do say that when the mahavakya is repeated a really an competent soul an adhikari for him the realization comes in a flash so now we may say that yes in yoga though we speaks of assiduous practice but in vedanta there is an idea that the realization do happen in a flash can happen in a flash then why sri ramakrishna is just ridiculing the idea sir can you teach me quickly the thing you call samadhi and we find there is a laughter everywhere well now according to vedanta that the knowledge is something contradictory to ignorance the moment the knowledge dawns in the ignorance vanishes the moment the flash of light is there the darkness vanishes you were seeing we were seeing a rope in a rope a snake maybe for how long we don't know but the moment someone brings a torch and focuses and we because of sufficient light i see the rope immediately the ignorance of the real nature of the rope immediately vanishes i don't see any more the snake it doesn't take gradual process to get rid of the idea that it is a rope so in a flash it happens but again we should remember now that in vedanta vedo it speaks of it happens in a flash but there is the idea of adhikari a competent person it doesn't happen to us all the one who are deluded in ignorance to free our mind to really have that competency to go to that state where just the pronounces the utterance of the mahavakya can take us to the realization it do need some preparation because knowledge is not mere words it is realization that's we should always remember we think knowledge means just when i'm reading the book that is knowledge that is not the knowledge you may go on reading thousands of book about the taste of mango but unless you have tasted the mango you can never know the real taste of mango however you may go on reading books on the taste of mango so mere words is not knowledge realization alone is knowledge so when vedanta says that the samadhi happens in a flash when the ignorance vanishes know it for certain it is knowledge which the vedanta is speaking of is something which speaks of realization it's not just not the mere words which we read in the scriptures and this realization is only possible for an adhikari if you go to any vedanta text this speaks of this adhikari the competence which we have should have to have that realization and there again they speak of sadhana chatushtaya fourfold spiritual practices if you remember in the last vivek churamani class we were discussing elaborately this sadhana chatushtaya that viveka vairagya shamadamadi shat sampatti mumukshatvam so these you should have the discrimination the discrimination should result in vairagya renunciation and once you develop the renunciation it should motivate you to calm down your mind 
and it should follow with the coming down of the senses i calm down the mind when i come as the mind is linked with my senses if my mind is not agitated the senses also calm down but controlling of the senses is also mentioned there because sometimes we may feel very confident i have calmed down my mind even if i expose myself to the world of senses it won't disturb me know it for certain the mind and the senses are intricately linked even one who has controlled his mind if he exposes himself to the world of senses know it for certain through the senses the mind is again going to be perturbed so that's why control of mind has to be associated with the control of senses as sri ramakrishna used to say that however clever you may be if you stay in a room whose wall is painted by the soots you know the when in the olden days used to lamp a lantern and the glass will have the soots the black soots so with that black soots if you paint the wall of a room and a very very clever person who is extremely careful he starts staying there sri ramakrishna is saying however careful he may be know it for certain he is bound to get the taint of those stains it will somehow he will catch those stains however he may be careful so the environment do play a role in affecting our mind so after you have developed that sense of vaira renunciation you practice calming down shama that is followed by dharma practicing the senses and then comes uparati this titiksha perseverance this uh when i am trying to withdraw my senses my mind naturally it follows that i am no more bothered about the dualities in the form of joy and sorrow heat and cold this speaks of the practice of titiksha it's not that i am forcefully practicing as i have developed that sense of detachment the external environment in no way affects me and with that titiksha comes uparati you develop the faculty of withdrawing your mind the when you think just as in the bhagavad gita has been mentioned just like a tortoise when the tortoise is in danger immediately its limbs are withdrawn similarly a man who has already developed vairagya who has already got established in practice of shama dhamma and then the practice of the stitiksha the uparati follows naturally it becomes almost a reflex at present our reflex is what that whenever there is a sense objects our senses moves towards it it's reflex we don't have to decide it happens spontaneously but for such a spiritual practitioner his reflex changes his reflex gets reconditioned you will read in the life of sri ramakrishna that by touching the coin his hand will get recoiled the reflex has changed so that's what happens with them that speaks of uparati whenever there is an exposure with the senses the mind recoils and then comes this samadhana which is which has to be followed by shraddha if you really have the shraddha faith in all the practices which has been mentioned in the scriptures again it speaks of purity patience perseverance the last practice is mumukshutva if you have tremendous yearning then only all this help together to at last reach you to the state where the mind is prepared to just listen to the spiritual truth and immediately it flashes the mind which is full of dross sri ramakrishna in gospel though has spoken that a matchstick the moment you strike it immediately the light the, the flash of light will remove the darkness of thousands of years that's true but the same sri ramakrishna in the gospel in some other context is saying that if the matchstick is drenched in some moisture is soaked in water however you may go on striking it is not going to light so our mind is like that matchstick soaked in water so it has to be dried once it is dried up then in a flash the light will be there revealing the darkness but so, so again it speaks of practice so though vedanta speaks that realization comes in a flash but for that we have to be competent and for that competency 
practices there. So without this purity, patience, perseverance, there can never be any spiritual illumination. So now we will understand that why there cannot be any quick fix remedy. If you see anyone advertising the present day, uh, we find there are such advertisements there that spiritual realization, samadhi can be attained even in some uh, fair, this, you know that so Diwali fair and others, I saw, I myself saw, even in Australia, there are camps who are professing that there are some fees, maybe $100, $200, you go to the camp, spend few hours or maybe one or two days and they assure you get samadhi. And if you interview those people who come out, they all say they did, did get samadhi because they are not fools. They know that after paying $200 or $300, if you don't get samadhi, people will say you are fool. So they do get samadhi. They, they get samadhi and they come back. But know it for certain, there cannot be such quick fix remedy in spiritual life. If you really want to transform our life, overhaul our personality, so that we can really go beyond the, all the dualities of this nature, it established in the spiritual uh, identity, it has to be a gradual process through patience and perseverance. As Swami Vivekananda in one place in his lectures have told very nicely that know it for certain that spiritual evolution is not like the torrential rain. When there's a torrential rain, you see the rain is falling and the ground, the grassland, the lawn is getting drenched with water. It's something visible. So it is not like that. He's saying it is just like the falling of the dew drops. When it has fallen, no one has noticed. It is not unnoticed. But you go out, walk on the lawn, and you find it is drenched. So it is just like that falling of the dew drops. The transformation of the mind takes a lot of time. At any time, it may not be perceptible that any change is happening. That most of the spiritual practitioners do complain that my practice, there is no change visible. My life is as if as it is. But know it for certain, though it is not visible, the practice do go on changing our mind constantly, though it is imperceptible, but it is happening. As an example, we can say a coarse rock, a coarse rock, irregular rock is lying on the riverbed. The water, the stream of water is flowing over it. At any time you go, there is no change. But the same rock in 100 years will become a Shivalinga. All the irregularities have vanished. It has become so smooth, it becomes an object of worship. And that's our mind. It takes time. It is imperceptible. This flow of the river is just like the flow of our spiritual thought. It has to go on over the mind. Know it for certain, though we may not notice any visible change, the change is happening. And in time, all the angularities will dissolve. And that smoothness speaks of the transformation, the evolution, where all the angularities of your mind has fallen off. You have now become the competent to go to that state where samadhi happens just in a moment. So now you will understand that why that Sri Ramakrishna is as if ridiculing to that idea that, to, that we can have something just, just in a, uh, what you say, in a, in a flash, in a very quickly. Sir, can you teach me quickly the thing you call samadhi? All laugh. After a man, Nasri Ramakrishna continues, after a man has attained samadhi, all his actions drop away. All devotional activities, such as worship, japa, and the like, as well as all worldly duties, cease to exist for such a person. At the beginning, there is much ado about work. As a man makes progress toward God, the outer display of his work becomes less and less, so much so that he cannot even sing the name of the glories of God. To Shivanath, as long as you were not here at the meeting, people talked a great deal about you and discussed your virtues, but no sooner did you arrive here that all that stopped. Now the very sight of you makes everyone happy. People now simply say, ah, 
Here is Shivnath Babu. All other talk about you has stopped. So in Vedanta, in Upanishads, the man of realization, what's, what are the uh, aspects, what are the sign of a man of realization? There in the Upanishad, they use the word Nativadi, Na Ativadi. Ativada is a wonderful word. That Ativada, most of the time when we are speaking of God, any spiritual evolution, we are speaking something which transcends our realization. Ativada. Vada means your words, Ati means which transcends. When I'm saying God, what does it mean to me? I haven't realized. It is just a mere word. It is just a mere belief. When a man of realization realizes that, all those discussions stops. That we so many times give that example. The man who have the group of people who have not tasted the mango, to whom, to them, someone who have tasted the mango comes and explains the taste of mango. As they have not realized, there will be only mere words. And all the words will be just contradicting each other. One will be discussing that the mango is, because they have heard the word mango is sweet, it has a nice flavor. They all will try to relate those words with their available fund of experience. Some will say, oh, mango is sweet like molasses. It has a, it has this fragrance of jasmine. Some may say it is uh, as sweet as honey. It has the fragrance of tuberose. Thousands of opinion. Why? Because all their knowledge is conceptual. They are trying to relate to those words with their available fund of experience. But the moment the realization happens, they eat the mango. What will happen? The first thing, they will stop discussing. Because they know what all futile words they were speaking of. They were all ativada. Their words were transcending their realization. So now they have realized, the real knowledge have dawned in, they become silent. If they have written some book on the taste of mango before testing it, they themselves will burn those books. He may be considered as a learned man in the world of those people who have not tasted the mango. But he knows now that he has actually, he's a, he was he's actually a fool. As in the, uh, in the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, where we find Narendranath is quoting some of the book where it is mentioned that when the religion uh, dawns, spirituality dawns, we all become the learned fools. Means in the worldly sense we were learned, but now we understand that we are full. So such person becomes quiet. Because now when the, when the realization has come, those words are of no use. So that's what Sri Ramakrishna is saying, that all the words, all our discussions, are before we have realized. Once we have realized, they become silent. As Sri Ramakrishna in other context gives that example, that how long the bee buzzes, it buzzes as long as it has not sat on the flower. It has not started drinking the nectar. It goes on buzzing. The moment it sits on the flower, it starts and starts sipping the nectar of the flower, it becomes silent. All its buzzing stops. So that's the idea. And first we find that he is saying what? Sri Ramakrishna, that all the devotional activities such as work, worship, japa and the like, all these worldly uh, duties cease to exist because they are the means. They are not the end. As Buddha used to say, no one carries the raft on his shoulder once they have crossed the river. Its purpose is done. Sri Ramakrishna in some other context says, that in the hot, sultry weather, that we use hand fan to just uh, cool ourselves. To cool ourselves, we use the hand fan, and suddenly the southern breeze starts blowing. Then what's the use of the hand fan? You just drop it. So till the southern breeze blows, there is the need for all those hand fan. The southern breeze means the sp your spiritual flow, your practice has uh, taken a flow that as we have repeated so many times that what actually spiritual journey speaks of 
first you have to guide yourself with your willpower that some spiritual practices I have to do with the willpower when you are repeatedly doing it because of the neuroplasticity it creates as if a path in your mind and our nature is such the nature of the mind is such once the path is created you develop a liking for it you forget the necessity just to do it becomes your obsession so in spiritual journey also the same thing happens the will now gets converted into emotion once that happened the flow has ensued so now you need not have to work the all the things this practices become spontaneous so that's the idea which Sri Ramakrishna is indicating that all the, the when you have developed that love for God the, all the practices they fall off because you have developed a spontaneous remembrance it has become something in the words of Ramakrishna like your toothache when you have a toothache you can never forget it you may be engaged in so many activities in the background of your mind the ache is always there you feel the pain Similarly, the one who has developed that spontaneity, the flow has ensued for him or her, nothing can distract. Whatever he or she may be doing, a part of the mind is always engaged in spiritual practices. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say that when you are engaged in this world, with one hand you go on doing all your worldly duties, with the other hand hold on to God. And when you are discharged from your duties, with both the hands hold on to God. So that's the thing which Sri Ramakrishna is speaking of. That at the beginning, all those practices do have a role to play. As Swami Vivekananda also used to say very nicely, that it is good to be born in a church, but it is horrible to die there. If we can never out outgrow those practices, it is horrible to die there. It is very good to be born in some conventional religion with all those practices. There, in the words of Ramakrishna, like the fence around a sapling, it protects the sapling from the grazing animals. It helps to grow. But once the tree has grown, once the sapling has grown, it has become a strong tree. What is the need of the fence? The fence should fall off. So all those practices do have a role to play in our spiritual journey. But know it for certain, when we have reached the state of spontaneity, in spiritual journey also we reach a state of flow. Once we have reached that, they all fall off. They are of no use. Even in Bhakti Shastra, they speak of Vaidhi Bhakti and Para Bhakti. Vaidhi means Vidhi, do's and don'ts. At the beginning, we have to follow those. But the Supreme Bhakti, Raga Anuraga Bhakti, when that Raga, Anuraga has developed, then all these Vidhis are of no use. They fall off automatically. That doesn't mean you transcend them. The do's and don'ts are no more relevant in your life because you have attained the spontaneity. You automatically, whatever you do that is good. Previously you were calculating what is good, what is bad. Now whatever you do that is good. In the words of Ramakrishna, the one who is an adept dancer, he never what you say falls, his step never falls, his or her step never falls out of rhythm. Previously, when he was practicing or she was practicing, he has to be very cautious, mindful about each and every step that it has to fall in the rhythm. And now he or she has become an adept. She or he or she is teaching the students. While teaching, he or she is instructing. The music is has been is being is playing. And you will find though most of the mind is in the instruction, but his or her steps automatically is falling in the rhythm. Because she has become an adept dancer. The dance has become a spontaneity. It doesn't speak that he has gone beyond the do's and don'ts. That that means he is or she is not dancing in rhythm. He or she is still dancing in the rhythm. But that has reached a state of spontaneity. He or she doesn't have to do it consciously. It just happens. That's what... Sri Ramakrishna is indicating when he is saying the duties fall off. It scissors. It just takes the state of spontaneity. So, so after Sri Ramakrishna is now continuing, after attaining Samadhi, I once went to the Ganges to perform Tarpan. But as I took water in the palm of my hand, it tickled down through my fingers. Weeping, I said to Haladhari, Cousin, what is this? Haladhari replied, 
It is called Galita Hasta, literally inert and benumbed hand. In the holy books, after the vision of God, such duties as the performance of Tarpan drop away. So, this is something wonderful in the life of Ramakrishna. That whatever he was practicing, he was internalizing. That we hear that all the worldly things are hindrance in the spiritual journey. We have to avoid them. We hear. But how much impression does it create in my mind? Do we really try to internalize them? For most of us, we are the, for most of us who proclaim to be learned, Sri Ramakrishna has very strongly uh, ridiculed them by saying they are like the vultures. They fly very high up in the sky, but their entire focus is on the carrion, on some rotten flesh in some dungeon. They speak highly, but their focus is on something very, very trivial, something very rotten. So why? Because our words doesn't conform to our thoughts, our action. This Sri Ramakrishna told this, this is the, the what is the practice of truthfulness? That your words should conform your thoughts. Mon muk ak. That doesn't mean nowadays we see that there's all the so-called bestseller, the books, that some very well-known figure while writing his autobiography reveals all the dark sides of his character. When we say that Mon Mukat doesn't mean that. It means what? We know that what is good, what is bad, we profess to be good, but we still find that evil is lurking behind. No matter, it's okay. But try to evolve so that a time comes when no more your words contradicts your thoughts. You have now transformed yourself. So it doesn't mean just to confess whatever you have done and uh, there your work ends. No. It speaks of total overhauling of the personality. That you, what you profess, your life just follows that. You have internalized the values. Just now we were saying, as has been mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, that the just the way the tortoise recoils its limbs when it sees the danger. A man of realization sees the world, worldly interactions as danger and instead of his limbs protruding towards it, it automatically recoils. The reflex has changed. That's what has happened in the life of Ramakrishna. In the practice, you will find that any metal, even if he touches un unconsciously, he experiences extreme pain. His hand recoils. So, this speaks of the nervous association. I mean, Swami Vivekananda in the West was giving lectures. In one place, he's defining education. What is education? Education is the nervous association of ideas. It is not the gathering of information. In the present day, how, how appropriate this definition is. That education is not just simply accumulation of ideas. Now, you don't have to accumulate. It is there in the internet. You don't have to memorize and accumulate them. It's all there. I just add that, uh, what you say, a simple, uh, a, a single search in your Google. Immediately, all the information is in your hand. Just to memorize them and uh, uh, has no purpose. But with all this knowledge, what I'm doing, at last we find that we are all mental wrecks. We don't know what to do with our life. We cannot control our mind. It's resulting in depression. It's resulting in all sorts of obsessions. Why? Because we couldn't internalize even a single idea. Swamiji told that education is this nervous association of ideas. Seeing Ramakrishna, he is giving that definition. He is actually, the definition is just the representation of Ramakrishna's life. Internalization of those ideas. It has changed his reflections. He has internalized them in such a way. So this idea of Galita Hasta is also there. That in the scriptures it is mentioned that all the rituals falls off. So Sri Ramakrishna's life, the idea has, has so much been internalized. The reflex has changed. His hand has become benumb. He cannot do this tarpan and all. Because tarpan and all do speak of 
some rituals with some other goal apart from spirituality. So they doesn't happen anymore. It just the hand has, the reflex has changed. The water falls off. So what it is speaking of? That the spiritual journey speaks of the overhauling of the personality. We should always remember that we all are psychosomatic. This is the word which is used. Your mind defines your body. Your mind defines your state of physical health. Our body is a projection of our mind. So if your mind is calm, you enjoy good health. If your mind is turbulent, that affects our health. You'll find in the present day that inflammation, cancer, everything they're saying has to do with the stress. The stress results in inflammation. Inflammation can result in the development of the carcinogenic cell. So we are psychosomatic. Our mind defines our body. And in the spiritual journey in Sri Ramakrishna's life, we find it so palpably demonstrated that his mind, he used to, when he used to get hold of an idea, it just used to change his total reflex system. And that will just make him behave in a totally different way. Sometimes it becomes very difficult to understand because we can only understand those things which is within our domain of experience. When someone has so transformed that his reflex has changed, we cannot re even understand it. So sometimes these things appear to be so queer, unnatural, because we can not even imagine that it is possible. But Sri Ramakrishna through his life is demonstrating that it is, that we all are psychosomatic. The mind defines our body. In the Yoga Sutra, they speak a very wonderful thing. That through our practices, we don't attain anything. It is all there in the nature. The nature has infinite possibilities. Our practices just opens up the log gate. And the nature comes and fills in. Prakritya purat. Prakriti apurat. And they give the example of a farmer. Kshetrikavat. A farmer, just the way to bring water to his fields. What he does? He removes an obstacle. There is a dam in the river. It is not allowing the water to flow into the fields. He goes and makes a hole in the dam and the water starts flowing and flooding the field. So all our practices are like that. <coughs> Nature has infinite potentiality. Through the body-mind, The <coughs> so many potentialities can be realized if we know how to tap <coughs> the mind, how to remove those obstacles. And that was palpably visible in the life of Ramakrishna. <coughs> Sorry, one minute. <coughs> in the Kirtan, the devotee first sings, Nitai Amar Mata Hati. Nitai Amar Mata Hati in Bengali, this line is in Bengali that my Nitai Nitai means Nityanand in short it is Nitai so this Gaur Nitai Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda <coughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda when you know they used to go down the street singing the glory of the Lord <clears throat> they were ecstatic, used to dance. And here the idea is that Nityananda is just like a mad elephant. Mata Hati. Mata means one who is intoxicated. Hati is elephant. So the Nitai, in the, with the devotion, that ecstatic devotion, he is going down the street, street like an uh, intoxicated elephant. Uh, so that's the idea. So it speaks of a particular episode of the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that's the line which Sri Ramakrishna is indicating that in the Kirtan, the devotee first sings Nitayamar Mata Hati. That Nityananda, my Nityananda is like a mad elephant intoxicated in the divine love. As the devotional mood deepens, he simply sings Hati Hati. 
he cannot even pronounce the entire line he has got so much inebriated with that idea that nityananda is ecstatic in the divine love he is like a mad elephant singing that he has internalized that idea so much the devotion has started welling in him so much now even to pronounce the entire sentence has be- is almost impossible somehow he is saying just hati hati and next all he can sing is hati and at last of all he simply sings ha and goes into samadhi a very wonderful thing sri ramakrishna is saying you will find in our spiritual journey in the vedantic tradition in our hindu tradition there is the idea of initiation upanayana what with what the uh, young boy who is being initiated the mantra is the gayatri mantra and you will find the gayatri mantra starts with om in indian tradition whatever may be your ishta when those who get initiated the ishta mantra ha- is linked with omkara and then the ishta mantra is there what's the idea the gayatri mantra is quite long this is a chanda that eight syllables in each line there will be three lines it's quite long that you have to repeat why such long mantra for a beginner for one who is starting either it is ishtam either it is this gayatri mantra or they speak in the for the those who are in the uh, practicing devotional uh, path those following the devotional path they speak of lila dhyana that you even need not have to repeat the mantra you sit down some kathak thakur some one who is reading the this the episodes the divine sport of the divine incarnation just go on hearing it and go on meditating on it here also it is actually lila dhyana this nitayamar mata hati is just an episode in the life of nityananda and chaitanya mahaprabhu you are as if meditating on that lila on the divine sport so it also speaks of some wide spectrum say so we uh, in meditation try to make the mind one pointed but that one pointed or pointedness is also have, have quality you know that what's the difference between dharana and dhyana which leads to samadhi dharana itself is that one pointed mind then why again separately dhyana has been spoken of dharana speaks of one pointedness dhyana also speaks of one pointedness dharana is like just to give an example a picture of low resolution you will find that what is low resolution dpi dots per inch nowadays all the pictures are digital if the dots per inch is less you can see that there are dots you can the dots are visible the continuity in the picture is not visible but when the dots are increased the resolution is increased it looks as if it's just like a sketch that the dots are no more visible that's the resolution has become high the difference between dharana and dhyana is like that that though your mind has become one pointed but the frequency of your thought still has some bandwidth it's bandwidth so you start with immediately that this this our our process of meditation was so scientific they never asked to just meditate on omkara at the very beginning give the gayatri mantra give some lila so that mind which is fully distracted now it reduces to some uh, uh, a bandwidth but it is still have a certain bandwidth it's not too narrow just too small it's not a very high frequency it has a bandwidth gradually as your uh, meditation gets more and more intense the bandwidth has to reduce and when it reduces the entire mantra is of no avail you cannot pronounce that's why all the mantras all mantras is linked with that om that even if the entire mantra falls off at last you hold on to that om this idea of sri ramakrishna will send in the next paragraph just to link with the idea here we are just taking the idea of the next paragraph here and just saying at last he holds on to that om and then it merges in the silence that also you just you, uh, when your bandwidth has really reduced your mind is extremely intense dharana has got converted into dhyana just like the dpi has, has increased 
it has become a flow continuous and then it at last it will enter when it is an intense dhyana you are holding dhyana means you are holding on to the omkara the gayatri has merged in omkara and that omkara at last merges in the absolute so there are so many ideas sri ramakrishna speaking here just he as his life is full of realization when he is speaking is just words are coming like a flow and in so simple words he is speaking but he is speaking very very profound truths just now read these words the otherwise these words actually makes no sense what we just can think of from this word that he has just got intoxicated intoxicated and he cannot pronounce the word and he is just saying ha and went into silence but we don't understand actually speaking of the entire spiritual journey starting from pratyahara dharana dhyana leading to samadhi in the kirtan the devotee first sings nitai amar mata hati my nitai dances like a mad elephant as the devotional mood deepens he simply sings hati hati next all he can sing is hati and last of all he simply sings ha and goes into samadhi the man who has been singing all the while then becomes speechless so this is in the words of ramakrishna leela dhore dhore nitya pochana hold on to the leela hold on to the divine sport the god incarnates lives a life like the human being so that we as a human being can hold on to that life contemplate on it and that will help us to gradually evolve to that absolute so he comes down so that we can go up his avatarana is for our ascendance so that's the idea which is spoken of so this god comes down as gauranga nityananda they do the divine sport you contemplate on that sport and it takes you to that realm of the divine so this is the idea this reducing of the bandwidth of the thought ultimately leading to the state of nirodha where sandhya in some other place sri ramakrishna indicate is he saying that sandha gayatri te loy hai you know first a the brahmin who has been initiated the small boy has been initiated in upanayana first along with the gayatri there are so many other practices this is called sandhya and then a time comes when he doesn't need those practices anymore he just repeats the gayatri so sandhya gayatri te loy hai sandhya merges in gayatri gayatri omkare loy hai the gayatri merges in the omkara and at last it leads to samadhi so this is a gradual process from dharana dhyana samadhi when the mind is extremely intense only one thought it is bound to go to a state of thoughtlessness to give a simple ex- explanation in this world everything is flowing that's why it is called samsara samsarate iti samsara everything is flowing why it is flowing because there is some sort of polarity why water flows because there is a difference of level from upper level to lower level it flows if both the levels are same the flow stops why current flows there is a difference of potential if both the have the ends have same potential like in a whitstones bridge uh, we know that when the both ends have same potential there is no current so everywhere we find when the polarity is resolved the flow stops similarly the mind is a flow every day we sing the evening aratrikam why there are so many uh, succession of ideas and we are asked to sit down and concentrate on those ideas i will just ask you one question you try and say me that you have done it that sit down for listening to this aratrikam song whenever it's possible either in record or in the ashram and take a resolution that today while singing i will keep my mind only in the song it shouldn't get distracted in anything else it is quite easy because it's not just one word or one syllable so many ideas are there so you just try to keep the mind on those ideas if you can do it tell me it's very difficult you will find at some moment or other it has got distracted that's our mind so many that uh, evening arthrikam they are not we are not meditating actually we are keeping our mind in some sequences of thoughts still we cannot keep it it gets distracted if we can do it 
at last it so happens that intensely we are thinking one thought a polarity has been resolved what happens nirodha the mind stops takes you to the samadhi and that's why omkar ends up in the that samadhi ultimate that bandwidth is reducing reducing it has become very intensified at last it merges so all these are the ways so all this so many this it is this for thousands of years the spiritual practices evolved it speaks of very very profound truth the intense spiritual practices which this simple practices actually has so much of uh, uh, this profound ideas behind it if we can really understand and follow it it can really help us in uh, attaining those heights of spiritual attainments and that's what sri ramakrish speaking that hold on to something and gradually it will take you to the samadhi so so many ideas you will find that the with the word samadhi is speaking that all, and he is not uh, simply uh, denying anything all those are equal, uh, okay the rituals your elaborate practices they are all okay but they should gradually merge in the subtler and the subtler practices to ultimately take you to that samadhi so then sri ramakrishna in his Uh, what he say as is his nature with a very simple example is illustrating this this idea what he is saying again at a feast given to the brahmins one at first hears much noise of talking when the guests sit on the floor with leaf plates in front of them much of the noise ceases then one hears only the cry bring some luchi as they partake of the luchi and other dishes three quarters of the noise subsides when the curd the last course appears one hears only the sound sup sup as the guests eat the curd with their fingers then there is practically no noise afterwards all retire to sleep and absolute silence reigns so how nicely with the help of just a it's an example of day to day life in those days this was the Uh, in his contemporary society these were the very scenes which were we could see in the villages from that he is taking that example and nicely explaining that how that all those elaborate practices at last ends in that ultimate silence the journey of the alone to the alone therefore i say at the beginning of religious life a man makes much ado about work but as his mind dives deeper into god he becomes less active last of all comes the renunciation of work followed by samadhi generally the body does not remain alive after the attainment of samadhi the only exceptions are such sages as narada who keep their bodies alive in order to bring spiritual light to others it is also true of divine incarnations like chaitanya after the well is dug one generally throws away the spade and the basket but some keep them in order to help their neighbors the great souls who retain their bodies after samadhi feel compassion for the suffering of the others they are not so selfish as to be satisfied with their own illumination so here this idea is very wonderful that in samadhi at last this body cannot be retained there's just to under to have the psychological explanation of it you know this as we were speaking sarvarthata ekagrata leading to nirodha sarvarthata the present state of mind distracted mind thousands of thoughts with assiduous practice you bring it to one thought at the beginning it's not easy because my subconscious mind is filled with all those distractions in the conscious mind when i'm attempting to keep my mind in one thought all those like bubbles come up and distract me because they are there in my subconscious mind they have a strong hold on my mind then what's the way out now we have to understand how all those distractions have entered into the subconscious mind they have entered consciously at some point of time in this life or in the past life consciously we were doing all those things which has entered into the subconscious mind nothing can be in the subconscious mind unless we have thought of them consciously at some point of time or other so if that's the way where all those distractions now in my subconscious mind have entered through the conscious mind this gives us the clue how to clear my mind with one pointedness how now i try consciously to keep the mind in one thought i will find i will fail again and again 
but don't be disheartened because each and every conscious attempt what it is doing it is creating the latent impression of the sanskara of one pointedness into your subconscious mind that is also entering and as this increases as this one pointed is contradictory to the, all those distractions this enters into the subconscious mind and at the cost of all those distractions it's the process of cleansing to give an example at present my mind is like a cup of water full of impurities the turgid water full of impurity but it is full to the brim now i start pouring pure water this is the ekavritti one pointedness i start pouring pure water into that cup but the cup is already full with the turgid contents so what will happen it will start spilling off when it starts spilling off that you will find that the turgidity is getting diluted the turgidity is reducing because it is spilling off more and more the water is become clear a point will come when the end, the entire cup is full of pure water all the turgidity has spilled off it's washed off so it's a gradual process so when we go on practicing we may fail but the repeated practice conscious practice is increasing the fund of one pointedness in my subconscious mind and cleansing of all the distractions so sarvarthata gradually becomes ekagra so when it becomes ekagra when you have sampragyata samadhi when the one you have the samadhi with one thought for the first time when you have it what's what it speaks of that with your conscious attempt though you have attained the samadhi for the first time you have sufficient fund of this one pointedness but still little dross remains so it will be breaking now and then so you will find that swami vivekananda in in one place in his lectures is saying that what's the sign that you are progressing spiritually what's the sign that the in one sentence is saying that how much time more and more time you can keep yourself fixed on that sublime uh, level of thought we will find that at present if i try to meditate first my mind doesn't get concentrated and even you get concentrated it breaks maybe half an hour one hour it breaks the more you progress you will find that at ease you can go on continuing uninterruptedly more and more in that level so what is happening the mind is cleansing off so at the beginning though you may go to that state of ekagrata again it breaks because still the mind has some distractions they come and break again you try so that way you are gradually cleansing the mind is going to and fro ekagrata again it is going back in the words of ramakrishna at that at present we are like an ordinary fly sometimes sitting in filth sometimes sitting in honey and when at last you have ekagrata you become like a bee you always sit in the honey you don't sit in the filth anymore so it has become ekagra so this is the first transformation from sarvarthata to ekagrata after that the next transformation happens from ekagrata to nirodha when your mind have become intensely concentrated then suddenly one day you find the mind has got to the state of thoughtlessness now this thoughtlessness is also an impression but now what has happened this impression is very feeble in your mind for the first time you got it the mind is now though it has been cleansed of distraction but it is full full of ekagravritti so this ekagravritti comes and breaks this state of thoughtlessness so here you will find the clue that now most of the spiritual practitioners what they will do they will again and again go to the state of thoughtlessness this thoughtlessness state this impression is now starts saturating his subconscious mind now and then it will again will be breaking by ekagrata no more distractions are possible because that has been cleansed off so that's why you will find a very interesting thing when ramakrishna or chaitanya mahaprabhu is going in samadhi they are almost inert and suddenly the the devotees around him starts chanting the name of the lord they come back from the state of samadhi what it speaks of that their mind is going to the state of thoughtlessness but they have retained some ekagravritti in their mind that gets activated and the thoughtlessness states is broken for most if you are if you are in a spiritual journey what's happening is the cleansing process goes on the way 
a time came when all the sarvartha distractions were washed off the mind was only filled of ekagra vritti a time here in the second stage also happens the same way a time will come only that thoughtlessness vritti is there all the ekagra vritti has been washed off now there is no more bija no more seed remaining it becomes nirvija nirvikalpa samadhi so that's the state when you go you cannot come back so just think you may do, you may we may be afraid oh if i go to samadhi i will die i don't want samadhi it's a very high state which i'm just speaking of generally the body does not remain alive after the attainment of samadhi it's a very the last state it's a very very even after samadhi the so called samadhi this which is savija we will be coming back but in that nirvija where all the ekagrivitti has also been washed off in science we can say that you know that that a, a, some objects have an elastic limit the mind is also having like an elastic limit to certain extent you put a weight it will be uh, deformed you remove the weight it will again go back to its normal state but if you give the weight if there is a weight is beyond the elastic limit then it becomes plastic you cannot it won't go back to the original self similarly the mind once this nirodha is like the wet it is as if stretching the mind to certain extent that when the uh, still some little ekagra vritti is there there's this nirodha vritti the moment uh, this what you say it is removed the ekagra vritti comes and again brings it back to that state of normal state the mind is still there the fabric of mind is still there but when the nirodha vritti goes on increasing like it goes beyond the elastic limit it any object becomes plastic you cannot it won't go back to its original shape anymore so similarly the mind also loses its texture it falls off it disintegrates and that's the state sri ramakrish is speaking of generally the body does not remain alive after the attainment of the highest samadhi actually nirvija nirvikalpa samadhi the only exceptions are such sages as narada who keep their bodies alive in order to bring spiritual light to others Now see, Sri Ramakrishna's life also. You'll find this idea that Narada's life. We find that he's always singing the devotion songs, going that why that actually he has attained that state, but he keeps a little devotion so that 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 unbound compassion for the entire humanity, that the people don't know what treasure they're missing. So for that unbound for that compassion, they keep that little devotion. They don't allow that that. trace of ekagrata to be washed away even in the life of ramakrishna we find whenever he is going to nirvikalpa samadhi before going there he is asking his devotees that take the name of lord when you see him in such and such state when he goes to high state of samadhi in gospel so many places you will find a very interesting thing in that state he is saying i want to drink water i want to uh, drink water why he is saying ami jol khabo bajje jabo i want to i have a nature call i want to but when he is coming down most probably he is not drinking water with that small resolution he is trying to bring the mind down why reason is compassion that unbound compassion that that this this uh, there's ineffable bliss when one gets uh, identified with that real spiritual existence that what we are missing to show the mankind the way out to keep that unconditional comfort, uh, uh, compassion to come down to show the way out so that's what sri ramakrishna is indicating that it is if the one who has gone to the nirvikalpa samadhi the ultimate nirvija nirvikalpa he cannot come back but these great sages the exceptions are sages like narada who keep their bodies alive in order to bring spiritual light to others it is also true of divine incarnations like chaitanya after the well is dug one generally throws away the spade and the basket but some keep them in order to help their neighbors the great souls who return their bodies after samadhi feel compassion for the suffering of others they are not so selfish as to be satisfied with their own illumination that in the gospel of ramakrishna is a very nice uh, allegory story the three friends were passing down the street they saw a huge wall they were curious to know what's beyond the wall so say managed to get a ladder one just climbed up the ladder and the moment he peeped the other side he was so extremely ecstatic he simply jumped the others were asking that what have you seen that you are so ecstatic 
but he was so overwhelmed with that ecstasy he didn't even get time to reply he simply jumped to the other side the second also got up he also made the same fit he didn't get time to relate he simply jumped to the other side the third got up he was also feeling like jumping to the other side it was so it was a moment of joy but then he resisted that he if i jump who will relate that what's there on the other side to the entire humanity so he comes down avatar avatarana he comes down why because of no selfish reason the only reason is this unconditional love the compassion for the entire humanity he comes down and that's what is being indicated so though in samadhi at last it can take us to the state where we dissolve in the absolute the body falls off but these avatars they have the special power their compassion is the real strength is in love the real strength doesn't is not in the muscle in the love when a swami vivekananda is giving a nice example a lady is passing down the street a dog barks she runs the next day the same lady is holding the child she is a young mother today what to speak of a dog even if a lion comes she will be facing the lion lion protecting the child from where that strength came from love so avatars shows extreme strength they can recoil back their mind the mind which is merging they can why it's that same motherly love that gives them that strength again to come down to relate their this world which is beyond this world the mort of joy there to the world that what we are missing so with this we stop our discussion today we will continue it's a wonderful discussion which sri ramakrishna is having with the brahmo devotees we will continue with it again in the next class with this we stop our discussion today thank you all namaskars